Claude Gay's first day as president and general manager of IBM Canada landed right on the first month of COVID-19. And his aim was clear. For more than 100 years, he wrote in a letter on that first day, IBM has been guided by an enduring purpose, to be essential. But how do you stay essential when the rug has been pulled out from under the whole planet? IBM's technologies have always helped businesses become more responsive, more efficient, and run faster. But in 2021, what exactly do companies need the most? What do their employees need? And how do you help them stay flexible in a volatile world? For Claude and for his team at IBM Canada, it goes beyond just offering the right products. It's about using technology to reinvent and improve businesses in a human way. Whether you're protecting companies against cybersecurity breaches, supporting remote employees, or using new tech responsibly, you must be kind to your clients, to the world, and to each other. And that will always be essential. I'm Kira Johnston, and you're listening to Breakthroughs, a mini-series within our Leadership Perspectives podcast at the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we'll talk with a business leader about their plans, successes, and challenges in making Canadian lives better. Our guest today is Claude Gay, President and General Manager of IBM Canada, and we're going to talk about leading Canada's businesses into the future. Hi, Claude. Welcome to Breakthroughs. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Thanks, Kira. Glad to be with you today. What are you hearing from Canadian companies about some of their top concerns right now as we enter 2021? From my perspective, being at a technology company and a lot of the discussion that I'm having with executives across the country and CEOs, it turned around digital acceleration and transformation. Over the last few years, we've been talking about digital transformation. It was a common topic, but I think now we're living it. The pandemic has actually accelerated everything to do with digital transformation. That's the number one topic of my conversation. I would subcategorize the digital transformation and what it means. Their focus on accelerating their agility, efficiency. They're actually concerned that the speed of what they were able to do at the beginning of the pandemic could disappear because they're very proud of how fast they were able to do things. They want to engage with their customers everywhere and anywhere. They want to enhance their IT resiliency. And of course, we all lived through the business continuity at the beginning, but that became a topic. Much more threat from a cybersecurity perspective, supply chain to be resilient and the operations. And of course, it's all about people. So empowering the remote workforce to be even more efficient, confident, healthy is a big topic. On that same topic, how do you see technology's role in the post-pandemic recovery? And how do you see IBM's contribution to that? Because of this transformation, of course, the role of technology is more critical than ever. And some of the newer technology allow the speed and the agility and the flexibility that are being sought. We did some survey within the pandemic and told us that 20% more executives are focusing on AI and hybrid cloud or their cloud strategy, which are two of the underpinning of the IBM company on a go-forward basis. Claude, could you give me a few examples of that? The first one that comes to my mind is a recent announcement from CIBC 
where they're talking about announcing a virtual assistant that allows you to perform transactions like interact e-transfer, paying bill, transferring funds, answer questions about everyday banking. This is actually a fully secure AI banking platform, and it's a first among Canadian banks. But because it's sitting also on top of hybrid cloud technology, it's highly scalable and allows them for rapid innovation across their digital platform. So that would be the first one, which is both hybrid cloud and AI using IBM Watson Assistant. Then the second one, which is cybersecurity threat. At the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, IBM Security X-Force team created a threat intelligence task force dedicated to tracking down COVID-19 cyber threats against all organizations that are keeping the vaccine supply chain moving. Well, guess what? We recently uncovered the global phishing campaign targeting these organizations associated with the COVID-19 cold chain. Now, the cold chain is the component of the vaccine supply chain that actually ensures the safe preservation of vaccines at very low temperature. We all know the Pfizer vaccines require extremely low temperature. During storage and transportation, we need to track and maintain this temperature. This is to show you that the bad guys target very often the good things and the core things that we all need for our day-to-day. Many organizations have said they're moving to a hybrid model of working from home and office post-pandemic. Are you surprised that so many organizations were able to switch to remote working so effectively? What's the experience been like at IBM? Within two weeks, we had 95% of our employees working from home. We were prepared. We had great business continuity. Our CIO office did an amazing job. And then we veered to helping our clients do the same. Most of the executive I talk to are pleased with how quickly, with the assistance of people like us, be able to do the same transition. Overall, I'd give it a very good grade on how the Canadian businesses and organization were able to do this transition. Now, it's more about how do you adapt to this new normal? We worry about mental health of our employees. Productivity overall has actually been very good. Most of my colleagues across the country have seen increases in some cases of productivity, but you also worry about being able to maintain it. We saw a dose of adrenaline in organization at the start of the pandemic, and then it normalized over time. And now hopefully we get adrenaline again, thinking about getting out of it with the vaccines now becoming available. Your recent global C-suite survey uncovered quite a few findings around the human element of working through the pandemic, traumatic stress, mental health. It also showed that there is a big difference of opinion between executives and their employees. For example, employers significantly overestimate the effectiveness of their support and training efforts. Why do you think there's such a disconnect? And what can companies do to ensure their employees are getting the support they actually need? This was actually a surprise to me and probably is a surprise to many executives across the country. Overall, what the study tells us is 8 out of 10 executives believe that they're doing a good job taking care of their employee physical, emotional health. But the reality is less than half the employees agree with that statement. In a volatile time, even though we talk about the vaccine being available, we still have to be very careful. It's still present. It's going to take months. So we have to worry about the fact that 
our employees live different situations. Some will have the vaccine, some won't. Some have their kids that come back home while they're working from home because the school has been closed down. It's very volatile and it's very dynamic and you have to be able to adapt to that. We created a series of pledge at IBM on a work from home and those pledges include video conference should be no longer then. You should not be insisting on people turning on their video conference because there might be something going on in the house or they might not be in an environment that is proper for that. We have to acknowledge that everyone lives a different situation. And then the second one would be about communication. From my standpoint, lots of tunnels, ask me anything session, organizing fun virtual event, music event, so that we can actually get the sense of belonging as a team, even though we're all working from home. Last but not least, we actually have put in a program that is mandatory to all of our managers across IBM Canada, which there's over a thousand, to take a course and a certificate in physical and mental health. We actually had the program. We modified it for an online version, a work from home version. It's been very successful. Our managers, our employees really appreciate that. We're more than happy to share this experience with other organizations because I think in a topic like this, sharing across Canadian organization is mandatory so that we can all do better. It's great that you're recognizing that addressing mental health is so different when it's in person versus online. And it's fantastic that you're sharing that with other companies as well. So I appreciate that. Moving into more online conversation, the events of last year dramatically accelerated the move to a digital economy. How has that changed the demand for digital skills in our country's workforce? And what do Canadian leaders need to do to ensure everyone in our workforce can participate in this digital economy? We were talking earlier about the disconnect on mental health. There's also a disconnect in between employers and employees about providing the reskilling that is required as we move forward. And why is this important? I am a strong believer that Canada can emerge stronger, but the skills is going to be an important factor. We have millions of people that are unemployed right now. Many of the jobs will not be coming back. We need to retrain, reskill a large portion of the population. Not only do people like me need to retrain their own employees and different organizations, but we need to worry about also Canadians. As the digital acceleration comes in and we get out of COVID, some of the jobs will not come back. What do we train those people for the new digital economy? We have programs, one called Pathway to Technology. It's a program for undergraduate or people that will not go to university that can actually get micro certificate. They can get training. They can be exposed to technology company. One of the fallacy out there is a perception that I'm always surprised is people think that to work in technology, you need a PhD in artificial intelligence. Yes, we do need PhD in artificial intelligence, but not everyone working in artificial intelligence needs to have a PhD. And I think leaders need to do a few things with their workforce. 
They need to make sure that they adopt a continuous learning approach, meaning we should always be focused on the evolution of skills because there's only going to be more in the future. We should design these programs with the intention of eliminating biases and racism. We should consider long-term partnership between academia and government and, of course, private companies. We should never forget about soft skills. Here I am talking about technology skills. But you can only be successful if you also have the soft skills. So we should never lose sight of prioritizing the soft skills. Last but not least, we need to make sure that I call it fill the network gap, which is your existing network of employees or your pool of potential employees might be biased to some portion of the population. You need to expand that network to be able to attract a more diverse workforce, more representative of the population. The other thing from a reskilling perspective, I talked about PTAC. The other one would be a platform called Skills Build. We're making it available to job seekers. We're making it available to entrepreneurs. And it has both those soft skills and those technology skills that are required. Claude, there's been a lot of discussion around good tech and responsible tech for a better future. Can you explain why this is important and what is IBM doing on this front? We all have become very sensitive and aware of racial biases, gender biases, as we move forward. And for me, good tech is making sure that the technology is used to not only not reproduce some of these biases, but to eliminate some of these biases. So let me give you an example that is really one of my favorite one is we actually have developed AI to apply on AI. What do I mean by that? So we have an artificial intelligence program that can actually look at an artificial intelligence model and indicate to you that you have a bias. Now, let me give you a practical example of that. You may have developed an AI program to do very fast mortgage authorization. You could have actually introduced a bias into the mortgage application process without realizing that you're going to favor a percentage of the population or maybe a more affluent or a less diverse portion of the population, you should be able to detect that and correct those models so that you don't keep on reproducing this. Good tech is also talking about gender equality. We spend a lot of time on STEM program for young women because I want my workforce to be diverse, to be representative of the Canadian population, actually being proactive and intentional on making sure that we have a diverse workforce, that we don't leave anybody behind. Claude, how has COVID-19 changed your leadership style? I don't know that I can say it changed it. I think we should say that it amplified some of my leadership style. Three dimensions come to mind. One would be on the communication. I've always done a lot of communication, but a lot of it is informal. It's management by walking around. And as you try to do that in the work from home environment, someone schedule a five minutes or a 10 minutes or doesn't matter how long it is from the president's office video conference and suddenly it becomes an official communication. You lose some of that. 
you need to open up the lines of communication through electronic ask me anything online sessions where you invite everyone to participate now the beauty of that is you can actually use digital to reach more people because in the past i would do a tunnel it would be a physical tunnel it would be in a big conference room or amphitheater now i can reach everyone be on a video conference take message through a chat People feel comfortable, and as soon as it starts, people answer each other. It's not only me answering their question, it's them answering each other's question, which is fantastic to watch. The second one is recognition. It's easy to walk around and smile and congratulate people as you see them in the corridor in a physical environment. You need to be more intentional in a digital environment and find every single opportunity to recognize the good work that people are doing. Maybe things that in the past you wouldn't have highlighted suddenly take an even more importance. And the last one would be on the diversity and inclusion. We were one month into the pandemic when I took over the role. At the same time, there was racial events that were going on. Started in the U.S. We had our own episodes here in Canada. For me, what I changed from that is I went from being, you know, I describe myself as not a racist person, but I realized that I have to be anti-racist. I actually have to be proactively pushing the boundaries, doing things about it, not just saying, no, I don't have biases. It's that proactiveness that has become so important. Claude, you took the role of president and general manager at IBM Canada within the first month of the pandemic. It now seems like we're close to turning a corner and entering a clear recovery stage. What are you most excited about as you lead IBM Canada into 2021? I'm excited because the IBM company plays an important role into this digital transformation that has accelerated through the pandemic. I'm excited also as a Canadian because I believe that Canada is a great country and a good place to emerge stronger out of the pandemic. Now, having said that, we still have a lot of work to do. Innovation cannot stop during a crisis. We need to continue to encourage innovation across the country. For me, that's very important. Everyone needs to assess their readiness. Everyone needs to put plans into place. We all need to improve operational scalability, flexibility. I talked earlier about how hybrid cloud and AI, two key technologies for the IBM company, are critical on a go-forward basis. Artificial intelligence delivers on its promise. It's real. It's there. It works. We've been talking about this in the past, and it was more sometimes marketing stunt. I see more and more clients using it to better their business, to make things fast, available, efficient, to do better customer service. I'd like to finish on success of Canada in the future is based on its people. And therefore, as leader, we need to take care of our people. We need to lead them. We need to engage them. We need to enable them, whether they're our existing workforce or they are our potential workforce. Things like well-being and mental health and skills development are absolutely critical for the country. Claude, if you had one call to action for business leaders when it comes to their post-pandemic recovery, what would it be? My call to action would be to share best practices, learn from each other, leave no one behind, and there's a great future for this country. Thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kira. 
You can find more about IBM's vision for the future by following the links in the episode description. And you can access all of our research, insights, as well as our latest COVID-19 coverage at conferenceboard.ca. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. Leadership Perspectives is hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer, and Andy Joy is our post-production editor. Our executive producer is Michael Bassett, and ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, research, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.